I'm very well, and thank you for the invitation, Salvatore. It seems totally counterintuitive. I, I recognize that. I, I was in a, a conference call with uh, some US-based colleagues um, recently, and it came up in the conversation. I, I just thought it focuses the mind on the challenges we have. And um, when I was invited to write that particular chapter, I thought, well, let's contrast education, that wonderful word that should inspire us all, um, with a word entirely made up and so silly, um, but in fact, one that reflects what I believe to be um, a, a real danger. not according to the the various uh contributors to my chapter in in the book you've referred to um both tertiary and and secondary and and actually a couple of of primary school teachers um no i think where we are now is the culmination of arguably 50 60 years of losing our way in in english in subject English, in English language teaching, and in the teaching of the English literary heritage. And that, of course, refers to, to the great works that go back to ancient times. So we're not referring just to English language material. We're actually talking about the great works, the great writers, the canon, as as many like to to still call it, um, uh, whose ideas and ideals have come through to us through millennia. Um, I would love to think that we we still have a, a, a distinctive focus on those, and to some extent, the curricula. Uh, claim that there is, but I think the reality is apart from William Shakespeare and one or two other uh, well-recognized poets and playwrights and novelists, we really don't have uh, what I'd call a, a well-organized um, commitment to teaching our children about our literary heritage. No, they do. Well, the idea is that they do, and certainly a number of plays are prescribed across the country. Shakespeare is the one common uh, literary figure. Um, my concern, though, is, and, and, and this concern came to me recently as I was writing the chapter, from 
high school teachers that in many jurisdictions, there is no requirement for teachers to teach and students to read the entire work. So they can read a chapter, they can read a part of a play, one act, two acts perhaps, um, and, you know, extracts, that, that's how they're referred to. Um, so, th so that's a really worrying trend as well. And in fact, it goes back to the whole notion of reducing the length of pieces um, that students create and students are expected to read. And that, that's uh, something I certainly saw when I came back from teaching overseas in the, in the 90s. I was just amazed uh, when colleagues said to me, oh, don't ask them to write more than 300 words or half a page. Or <laughs> So if, if we aren't asking them to read at length, um, not only are they not engaging then deeply with ideas, but the, very difficult for us to then expect them to create, to write at length. Salvatore, what an optimist you are. I'd love to be as optimistic. Uh, the terms of reference are so narrow, however, it's about decluttering, realigning, not at all a, 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 a sort of comprehensive, intellectually rigorous look at um, the, the goals of education and, and the the knowledge and, and skills we really want all of our school leavers to have. Um, it's, it's a very narrow and very limited exercise in, in taking content out or adjusting the content uh, across various learning areas. So I think English is probably the best example uh, without a really clear and um, shared understanding of what it is we want our students to achieve because English in particular, of course, gives them access to the rest of the curriculum and prepares them for their post-school lives. Without that really clear understanding of what it is we want, it's hard to imagine that, that things will improve. The evidence would suggest there are hindrance. After decades of producing teachers who often lack confidence and competence in their own use of English, it's difficult to argue that that they that that the faculties really have. Uh, a good handle on, on the preparation of teachers for the classroom. Teachers who can then really model great practice to, to our young learners. I think we've seen the evidence particularly since the turn of the century and, and viewers will, will know this. The, the results of Australian students have declined steadily since 2000, especially in, in, in with regard to, for example, 
PISA results and we're reading literacy. Now, um, those results put us, I think, 16th behind a whole lot of European and Asian countries. If students can't read well, uh, they obviously then will struggle with, with many other subject areas. So the evidence would suggest faculties are not doing as good a job as they could. That in turn reflects the, the great disparity, the great variation across Australia um, in, in expectations, in practices, in the ways that, that students are assessed, um, and of course, reporting mechanisms. Great question. Um, and, and this actually goes to the heart of, of the Australian education challenge. We have nine sets of authorities broadly in, in terms of public education responsible for uh, schooling. Uh, so we have the federal department and then we have the eight, uh, the six states and two territories. The, the lack of shared understanding and agreement on on expectations uh, is a real is a real problem. So we have a situation now where each bureaucracy is doing its own thing, in spite of the existence of an Australian curriculum. We have each jurisdiction uh, reinventing wheels, duplicating efforts, spending vast amounts of taxpayer money um, for little return arguably. And that's something taxpayers need to be really asking questions about. It's, it's kind of festering there, but I think with the, with the development of this next iteration of the Australian curriculum comes a fantastic opportunity to say, well, how exactly is all of this investment, time, money, professional learning, all of the things that we've seen over so many years, how is all of this going to get better? should be the uniting uh, element. Um, in fact, to refer to the state bureaucracies again, one thing they do have in common um, is the fact that, that standard Australian English um, is, is a common uh, learning area and, and is recognised as, uh, as the way to success for students, uh, both at school, of course, and, and in their uh, post-school lives. I, I, we need no, go no further than, than looking at the Australian values uh, and, and the emphasis put on English in, in the preparation of, of new Australian citizens. So it is regarded as 
the national language. Um, it doesn't have the same sort of official status as, as is true in some other countries, but we accept that English is that absolutely binding element um, and therefore the one uh, we owe it to our students to focus on um, most. If we can get that right, we get so much else right. And we see that in, in the high performing systems, their, their focus on the, the mother tongue plus the study of additional languages. And there's a ton of evidence to show that the two complement each other in terms of literacy. The focus on the mother tongue is the key to, to developing confident, competent young citizens. Salvatore, it, it, it is rather interesting. I mean, the broader context is that we have shifted from a, a, a very um, well-defined approach to teaching morals and values through um, the canon, through, through a fairly narrow range of, of texts, including the Bible, of course, since, since Federation. We've, we've moved, um, as, as has much of the, well, the Western world generally, to a, to a much broader way of um, looking at literature. And we've actually flipped it in a way, rather than, than saying, we teachers know what's good for you and therefore we're going to inculcate these, these morals and values via these texts um, in the classroom. Um, it, we've flipped it in the sense that we now open up the study of texts, and I won't say literature, I'll say texts, because that includes, as you would know, um, just about anything that, that we read and write. Um, we flipped it to, to ensure that we do, that we address the many um, 21st century uh, um, lenses like cultural diversity, gender, um, um, all of the, the, you know, many other ways in which students are supposed to understand the world, and also reflecting what they bring to the classroom, and that's a very powerful um, element of it. Now, you know, some of us are not sure that that is a really helpful way to do it, so you're almost, you're almost, um, now, let me put it differently. The, the onus is on teachers and schools to select texts they believe reflect the needs and interests of their students. So we've gone from a, a pretty centralized um, um, authoritarian way of, of determining the selection of texts to a, one that is wide open um, and is pretty hit and miss. So I would argue schooling now in in the sense of uh, quality of English language 
and the focus on our literary heritage has become a lottery, both have become a lottery. So in some schools, in some jurisdictions, you'll get um, the best that has been thought and said, as Matthew Arnold wrote. In others, especially given the variation in capacity of teachers and their own education, you'll, you just won't get the same depth and breadth. And that's one of the major issues I'd love to see us resolve soon. You just nailed it. That's exactly my position. Absolutely. Um, well, with the greatest of respect, Salvatore, I think we can point to the United States for many of these fads. Um, it's part of the full, the, the whole sort of inclusive uh, approach to education, the idea that there isn't one, one source of truth, that uh, inquiry is, is um, should be, and student-centred student, student um, learning, that both of those should determine what goes on in the classroom. There's a, there's a, there's been a retreat from, um, the notion that that we know what's good for you, as I as I said before, and um, and that has of course permeated teacher education as well as um, uh, the the learning uh, that students are supposed to uh, experience through the curriculum, and so on. So we see those words repeated increasingly, um, but that's a weakness because we can't on the one hand say that we are committed to helping our students to understand what it means to be an active informed citizen of Australia, which is the overarching goal of the Australian curriculum uh, and a worthy one, of course. We can't on the one hand say that that's our overarching goal, but then take away the really, um, the intellectually rigorous, well-researched decisions about what should be learned that would give teachers, of course, much more clarity. Um, so we can't have it both ways. And unfortunately, as I, I think I was starting to say a little while ago and went off track, sorry, we've had now 50, 60 years of losing our way. And that is exactly why we are where we are now, trying to solve um, so many problems. <laughs> We should never generalize. We need to be really careful about that. And I, I think I, I said a few minutes ago, there are great things happening in individual schools with super teachers where the commitment is clear and, and um, your viewer 
is is one of those who clearly uh, is finding that that the school is meeting the expectations of the parents and students, which is fantastic. My question would be, why then do we have so much dissatisfaction among parents, employers, other stakeholders? Why, why is this not true of every school right across the country? And that's how it used to be. And it certainly is still the case uh, to an extent. The, the difficulty is, as I've written about, and, and I know many, many of, of my colleagues worry about, that the list that appears, and, and it's not hard to find them in, in each um, uh, department of, or Education Authority website, there should be, you know, some some curriculum detail provided that people can go to quite easily. The difficulty is that once once uh, selections are made according to all of those um, various lenses, cultural diversity and so on that I've mentioned, um, which of course is based on this notion that that teaching English is or decisions about the teaching of English, particularly selection of texts, is a, is a social and political and historic contract, construct. Um, the difficulty is that it's there is no clear explanation of why those texts are chosen as part of a whole. So yes, an individual text might be very worthy in, in, with regard to the quality of its writing, uh, the, the way it speaks to particular aspects of the human condition, whatever it might be. But some children in some schools will read that text, many won't. Where does it fit into the whole selection? Where does it fit into the overarching commitment we have to teaching about Australia's literary heritage? So it, it's random, it's disconnected, um, it shouldn't be a lottery. That's funny, isn't it? The way we go full circle because they were colleges of teacher training. Um, in fact, I'm so old that I graduated from one of those. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not an either or. I mean, universities are, are, aren't they the hallowed halls? I mean, they should be the place where the greatest work is done. We should have full confidence in their capacity to do that. But because our approach to education is so fragmented, so piecemeal, we have had poor policy around education for so long. We've actually got all these people operating in different areas. So we've got curriculum happening in one, we've got teacher training in another, we have professional learning somewhere else, uh, funding going on in the background, you know, all of this, this, this work, um, needs to be brought together uh, to, to in, in ways that really do reflect a clever country. Um, so, so I don't think it's as simple as saying, let's go back to, to colleges, teachers' colleges and, and so on. It's, it's what is it that we are actually, 
actually trying to do. Let's identify the problems. Let's look at the, the policies that haven't worked and the ones that have worked. Let's do a forensic examination of success and failure and say, right, off we go with all of these elements under consideration at the same time. without a doubt. <laughs> there are many excellent uh, aspects of the IB and um, I, I think that's why many schools have decided to offer the IB in parallel to uh, the other uh, uh, senior secondary um, credential. Again, we should be doing a really careful forensic study. Where are the weaknesses in what we do? And where can we look for some, some of the best and, and well-researched um, ideas? Mm. I am reading uh, from Dawn, well, actually, no, I'm not right now. I have a pile of six books, sorry. And most recently, <laughs> um, Nick Bryant's, I've just got to remember the exact title. Sorry, just give me a second. When America, when America Stopped Being Great. So Salvatore, that's <laughs> something, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I have particular issues with the word literacy anyway, because from my point of view, there, there is language and there is the literature. It would be wonderful to think that, that every parent in, in every part of the country has that same commitment and that same capacity and background and so on. Um, but um, that isn't the reality and um, you know, good on those parents who have a really wonderful, clear um, understanding of what they want to impart to their children. Um, I must just say just quickly, that takes me back to my own father's um, time with, with my daughter as a little one, when he used to play roles in The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde. And that fabulous language, the wit, the, the mastery of English expression, the references um, all came through because of that. And, and she was only very young and has never forgotten that. So wonderful to think that parents are doing that. But no, I have to disagree. I think the state has a huge responsibility to pick up um, the slack and to set the standards and to ensure that whatever it is we agree is important for our children to, to be able to do and to understand about their, their literary heritage and their, their linguistic heritage uh, is done in schools. Beyond that, wonderful. Whatever parents can do and want to do, great.
Thank you so much, Salvatore. It was a pleasure.